as you all know by now, Pastor David isn't here today. But he wanted me to let you know why. He's out of town this weekend because of something that I talked about two weeks ago. Our relationship with God. And because of that relationship, there are things we do to respond to God's love and extend that love to others. And Pastor David is doing exactly that this weekend in Wisconsin, where he's officiating, or he did last night, actually officiated the wedding ceremony for a young woman who grew up and was active in this church. And a few years ago, when her father passed away, Pastor David did his funeral here at Desert Spring, and that deepened his relationship with her. And so when she got engaged, she asked Pastor David if he would conduct her wedding ceremony. And because of that relationship that they had built, that relationship that was grounded in God, of course, he said yes. Because we don't just talk or think about loving God and love others. We take actions that demonstrate that love. And so while we miss having Pastor David here today, we know that this is a great reminder to us that it's not always about us. It's about all of God's people. And so we're thankful that Pastor David is able to be extending that love to many other people in Wisconsin this weekend. Now, because Pastor David is gone, I have an opportunity that I've never had before to preach a sermon series. Um, Now, I know. Two-part series, that doesn't seem like much. I mean, it's just two sermons on two different Sundays, right? Well, the truth is, I really needed a couple more Sundays to fully explore all the things that I talked about two weeks ago. And we could spend time talking about what it looks like to love God, to let God love us and love others, and what exactly that might look like in our, in our lives. I mean, how we would actually go about doing that. Well, that isn't possible now. But who knows what will happen in the future. And so for today, I'll skip to the end of that, to the final sermon in that series, which my wife informed me I should have called, Why Am I Here Again? (laughs) So I'm giving her credit for that. I know she'll be watching sometime. So let's take a look back. Two Sundays ago, I asked you a question, or excuse me, I I asked you to uh, spend a few minutes every day for two weeks Asking yourself the question, why am I here? And then to write down your thoughts. You might remember this example, right, from the bulletin. And then to write down your thoughts that you had in those areas. Do you remember that practice? Yeah? How's that going? Hmm? Have you come up with some questions? Have you come up with any answers? Well, I bet you have some of both. And I would really like to hear them. So for any of you who are willing, I'm asking you to share whatever you've come up with doing that practice with me, if you'd care to. First, because your thoughts always help me learn and grow. And second, because what you give me just might help me on a future sermon. So if you're willing... Well, there was going to be an email address on our screen, um, but there's an email address at our, there it is, uh, and there, that email address is on a sheet like this out at our Connection Center also, so you can write that down or you can get it after the service 
for any of you who are willing to share some of that information with me. Um, so I thank you in advance for any of you who choose to share. Now, two weeks ago, I asked you a big question. Do you remember what it was? Why am I here? Thank you. Okay, and there were three answers to that question. Do you remember what they were? Love God? Let God love us and love others. Right? I spoke about all God has done for us, how God never gives up on us, and how God changes our lives. But if we want our relationship to, with God to grow, we have to love God, do our part. The next answer I gave was one that I said is often overlooked. Maybe you remember that story I told about my granny, about how every memory I have of her reminded me of how much it is that she loved me. And because of her love, I loved her very much. But remember, my love for her grew because I let her love me. And remember, it works that same way with God. Verse 19 from 1 John said, we love because he first loved us. God is always loving us. So to grow that relationship with God, we need to let God love us. And the final answer to our question was about understanding that the love that God has for us isn't meant to be kept to ourselves. It's to be shared. God created all people. God loves all people. And so we love those who God loves. We love others. So where do we go from here? I asked you a question. I gave you three answers. Is that all we need to know about why we are here? Or is there more to the story? If there isn't any more to the story, then this is going to be a really short sermon. So I want you to listen close to the scriptures. And as you listen, be asking yourself, why am I here? Is there more to the story? Or is this a very short sermon? The scripture lesson comes from the Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we no longer know him in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Did you really think I wasn't coming back? <laughs> that I would miss out on this? Of course there's more to the story. But we can't forget about our three ideas. Love God, let God love me, and love others. Right? Because they are reminders to us. They help focus our attention and our efforts 
on working out answers to that question, why am I here? You know how this works. When you're thinking or focused on something really hard, you start seeing examples of that all over the place. Like when you get a new vehicle, and then you go out and you start seeing that same vehicle everywhere, right? Those vehicles were all there before. You just weren't focused on seeing them. And it were in a similar way, as we find ways to let God love us and then return that love to God and to the others, then we create even more possibilities for us to see that taking place. And why wouldn't we? God is at work in our lives and guiding us to him. We just need to be looking. Now, I experienced this back in 2008 when I was asked to write some articles for our two Desert Spring newsletters. Now, I hadn't learned how to say no in church yet, so I said, sure, I'll do that. And I was given the opportunity of writing about whatever I wanted to, which really meant you're on your own to come up with your ideas. And I had some ideas, but they ran out pretty quickly when I was using five of them every month. That focused my attention. But the more I thought about God and what God was doing in the world around us, I began to see God's presence everywhere. I just hadn't been looking for what was already going on around me. But by focusing on God, I saw God's presence everywhere. And I had more ideas than I could use in three years of doing those articles. And in the same way, our three answers help us focus on what is already taking place around us and to see things in a new way, a way that is possible because of what God did for us through his son, Jesus. Our scripture reading told us that through Jesus, we are offered a restored relationship with God. We love God. And through Jesus, we know the extent of God's love for us. We let God love us. Through Jesus, we know the life we are called to, the life that is the example that Jesus gave us, to love others. So is this just about my life? Just about your life? Well, that's part of the answer, but of course there's more. Because this is about all people, about helping all people know and love God through Jesus. Jesus told us this as, go and make disciples of all peoples. What a vision. Where all people know and follow Jesus, they live lives that reflect Jesus' lives and teaching? Can you imagine that? A world where you see Jesus in every person's life. I want you to hold that vision in your mind. And as you do, I ask you this question. So how are we doing with that so far? Take a moment to think about our world, about what you see and hear and experience in your daily life in Las Vegas, about what it is you know that's going on around the world. How much of what you're thinking about reflects that reality that Jesus talked about? Like that vision that you just imagined. Think about your life and the lives of Christians you know. Do you see the presence of Jesus there? You know, the Pew Foundation and others have done research that shows that there is very little difference 
between the lives of people who call themselves Christians and the lives of people who do not. Do we really know the answer to why am I here? Let's go back to what Dennis read for us. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. The message version says it this way. Anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. God settled the relationships between us and him, then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. Say that again. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. Finding ways to love God, let God love us and to love others, this isn't about accomplishing a, ta a task and checking off a box. The answer to why am I here is bigger than changing just a few things in our lives. It is about being this new creation that our scripture told us, making the most of that fresh start that we've received through Jesus. Now, going back to our scripture reading, right after we hear that we've been given this task of telling everybody what God is doing, we hear this. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Or as the message version says, we're Christ's representatives. Pastor David touched on this in his sermon last Sunday when he told us that the disciples were to be witnesses of Jesus, sent to Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond. Jesus is no longer here in human form. We are. We are chosen to act and speak for Jesus. We'll push even farther than that and say, we are chosen to act and speak as Jesus. Can we do that? We not only can, but we are expected to. And for me, the best description of this idea comes from the book Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And in the eighth chapter, he's talking about what he calls the whole of Christianity, the entirety, the purpose of Christianity. And he says this, the church, meaning God's people, exists for nothing else but to draw people into Christ, to make them little Christ. God became man for no other purpose. Now, I've always loved how clear that message was. At least it seemed that way to me. God sent us, God sent Christ to us so that we could become little Christs. Not to tinker around the edges of our lives with small changes, but to have new lives. Not to give of ourselves only what we have left over after we've done what we think is important to do, but to give our lives fully to that work of reconciliation that God has given us. God created us for this. So how can we aim for anything less than being these little Christs? Now, don't freak out over hearing that you are to be a little Christ. Okay? Here's another way to think about it. Is there someone in your life who was an example for you of what it looks like to be Christ-like? Why did you feel that way about them? For me, I didn't have that in my life until I came to God here 18 years ago. But in the years since, I have had many of those saints in my life. Some of you are sitting here right now. 
I watched you and I learned from you. Your witness changed my life. I learned what being a good, a little Christ looks like. Someone whose words and actions demonstrate their love for God and their love for others. And I learned that being a little Christ is possible for all people. Even me. Even you. Back to our question. Why am I here? To be a little Christ. Now, do we immediately become these little Christs when we become a Christian? Well, maybe a little bit. But this is something that takes time. Think of our purpose here at Desert Spring. To develop as deeply committed followers of Jesus Christ. And that word develop tells us that we grow over time. And how do we do that? By letting Christ love us? Or letting God love us? So that our relationship with God is love to its fullest extent? And remember, we love only because he loved us. But only then when we're full of that love are we able to fully return that love to God and to others. C.S. Lewis, in the same book, described this process as putting on Christ or dressing up as Christ, pretending to be Christ. Now, nothing can actually make us Christ, of course. But we become little Christ by putting on different aspects of Christ's life and teachings. And as we do, we remake who we are. As our scripture reading told us, through Christ we are a new creation. Now think about it this way. It's almost Halloween. Do you have your costume picked out? If you aren't wearing this one this year, think back to when you did. When it came time to choosing a costume, what did you say? Probably, I want to be... You fill in the blank, right? We say, I want to be, but we know that by putting on that costume, we aren't actually going to be that character. I remember one year when I was young, and my dad made me a costume out of cardboard boxes because I wanted to be a robot. And he did a really good job. But putting on that costume didn't immediately make me a robot. I tried to walk like a robot, which I pretty much had to do because I was wearing cardboard, right? And I tried to talk like a robot. I was trying to do what I thought it was that robots would do. And if I had continued to do those things enough, I might still be walking and talking like a robot today. Why am I here? Or excuse me, but we can't carry that analogy too far, right? But I think you can relate that idea to Lewis's idea of, putting on Christ, how by clothing ourselves with Christ, that little by little we become these little Christs. Why am I here? To be a little Christ. God restored our relationship with him through Christ. So we are a new creation. God loves us. So we let God love us. We are ambassadors for Christ, representatives of Christ, here to tell everyone what God is doing so that all people can be in relationship with God. And we do this by loving others. And we love God always. Not because our lives are perfect and because everything happens the way that we want it to, but because regardless of what we do, God keeps drawing us back into relationship with him. That relationship that he created us for. 
Now, last Sunday, someone asked me a great question. Where did I get the idea for my sermon? Why am I here is a question that I've asked God for years. What is it, Lord, that you want or need or expect of me? I struggle with answering that question every day. And after hearing these two sermons, I hope that you all will struggle with that question also. Last Sunday, Pastor David said that we all have stories to share about our experience with God, about how God is at work in our lives. And I could not agree more. And he also said, we need to find opportunities to share those stories with others. That's how we learn and grow from others. This is one of those opportunities. And I am so grateful for it. And I pray that in some way you have been blessed by it. But I'm not sharing these thoughts just so that you might know more. Right? Many, maybe most of you would say, Jerry, we already know all of this. And I believe you. But my purpose is not to know more. Putting that knowledge into practice is. The measure of our lives as Christians is not taken by what we know, but by how we live. The measure of our lives as Christians is not taken by what we believe, but how others come to know Jesus through us. And so I ask you, why are you here? Amen. <laughs>